Jeremy Gibson. We're here in the studios of WMCK Radio in Cushing Hall on the campus of Merrimack College. Uh, I'm joined this morning for our round two of the Coach's Corner by President Christopher Hopi, head coach of the men's lacrosse program, Mike Morgan. Um, Going to have another session, talk a little bit about the lacrosse program. Before we get into that, um, another great week for Merrimack Athletics that we've been getting going. I think since the last time we were together, we've had men's soccer go down in a double overtime tie against Harvard and then come back in the next game with a win against Sacred Heart. Uh, football traveled down to Lehigh going against a program with over 130 years of history in college football. And even with two minutes left in the, to go in the game, we're still in it. Um, Chris, the success keeps on rolling. Yeah, it was great. The Lehigh game was amazing. You know, you think of Lehigh, that's big time football. And to have our team go down there and uh, be in the lead at halftime, right? You know, yeah. 3 nothing and compete. And, uh, you know, again, our young quarterback threw for a record a record pace, you know, over 300 yards. We were excited about that. And we had one of the best receiving days by one of our receivers in the history of Merrimack. Yeah, Marquis Spence actually named yesterday the, the co-offensive player of the week for the Northeast Conference. Amazing. The accolades that are coming in on top of the team success. Yeah, a big win for soccer. You know, our first league game against Sacred Heart. It was a great win. Uh, the coach is doing great. That team is really looking good. You know, I think they even made the national rankings top 50 a couple weeks ago. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but but they're looking good. And the Harvard tie, I mean, Harvard's known for soccer. Yep. And they go down to the Crimson and, and play them uh, in, a, in a tough game is terrific. So we're excited about our teams the way they are. It's been a tough thing, you know, moving to Division One, But uh, we're competing, and people are surprised. I'm getting some nice emails and uh, comments. I was at the uh, Intercott College inauguration for the president, and uh, lots of people came up to me and said, wow, your teams are doing well. So it's nice to see. Yeah, it's been fun. Women's soccer also picked up a great win over Manhattan at our senior day on campus here, so it was great to see the women pick up a, a home win as well. Um, a lot of things going on this weekend. we got homecoming coming up, President Hopi. So tell us a little bit about your first homecoming here and, and how it's changed and what we're looking at for this weekend. Well, you know, homecoming for us is uh, is big now, right? So when I first came, it was about 250 people. Um, it was a regular game. It really wasn't homecoming. So we've combined parents' weekend homecoming together. We've made it really uh, quite the event, and we expect about eight to 10,000 people uh, on Saturday uh, in the whole weekend. So we're excited about that. Um, the tailgating is basically sold out. More than 800 cars will be here, and alums, um, they've been buying spots uh, actually before we even advertised uh, up front. So we're excited about that. We're playing Bryant which will be, I think, game. one of our big rivals in the new league, and we're excited about that. They're a good team. It's going to be a great game, but it's going to be a packed crowd. It's going to be uh, lots of great stuff for everybody there, you know, great great amount of food and carnival and atmosphere and, and players and kids and parents. So we're excited about that. It's, uh, it's become a great tradition at the college. Yeah, we're looking forward to a great day. Coach Morgan, what do you guys have in store for homecoming? Uh, we have actually our alumni game that morning. Uh, it'll be 9 to 10.30. We have about 42 guys come in, uh, tailgate after. And then kind of the last lap of the victory tour and the banner drop during halftime football game. So our guys are excited to come back. We have a great crowd. Obviously a lot of parents and uh, families come as well. That's great. And uh, Friday night, going to be the ring ceremony. You know, I, that one apparently slipped my mind. Yes, <laughs> Friday night we'll be getting our rings uh, in a great ceremony. We're excited. So uh, pretty much everybody's coming back, Every uh, all the seniors and obviously the guys that are returning. And uh we're excited. We got the design done. I know you've seen it, and so oh, yeah. a couple of days we'll have we'll have our second one, which will be nice. That's great. You know, Mike, I want to talk a little bit about um, your experience at Merrimack. You've been with the program um, really your whole career, and uh, and started as a student. So, uh, why don't you talk to our audience about how you've got into lacrosse and how you end up at Merrimack and kind of the great story that's become your life? Uh, it's funny. I was a baseball player my whole life, and going into my 
Uh, freshman year of high school, I met a bunch of buddies who were going to St. Dominic's, which is a Catholic school, and uh, we're all going to be lacrosse players. And I just picked up a stick, and, and I was a pretty good baseball player, and I just you know kind of fell out of love with it. It wasn't as fast-paced as I, I kind of wanted. Uh, started throwing around that summer and just really fell in love with the sport and then kind of went to my dad. I was like, listen, I'd, I think I'd like this sport a lot more in baseball. And, and you know, just I got, I guess, pretty decent at it pretty quick and then, uh, you know, went on and, and played in high school, obviously, you know, uh, and then – Ironically, went to Sacred Heart uh, as a freshman before I transferred here, so it's ironic that you know that now in the conference as well. But I was there for a year. Uh, the school I just didn't really fit. You know, it was uh, more of a commuter school. Uh, you know, it was the same enrollment size as Merrimack at the time, but the campus was probably about a third of the size, so it didn't really fit me. And uh, Merrimack was my second choice when I was uh, going on my search originally. So I came back up, did a visit, you know, fell in love with it, and came here and uh, you know played my three years here, and then left, did a volunteer year here, went back to Long Island. Uh, started coaching high school, just needed that that fix again of coaching. I couldn't go to the real world and start, you know, outside sales and everything I was doing. And then, uh, you know, came back here as, as an assistant uh, about four years later. And then uh, one year later, I got the head job at 27 or 28. And it's been a long, a long road since. But it's been great. I mean, the growth of our program and certainly attributed to, to both the guys sitting next to me. And it's been something that, uh, you know, you look back every once in a while, and you, you try not to as a coach. I was just saying to Jeremy, you're always looking forward, and it's been it's been a great ride. We've had a lot of people that have helped us and a lot of great teams and players, and to kind of get to where we are now has been special. Now you're being modest. I mean, you've built a, a two-time national champion Division II, uh, a rarity in college sports to repeat, but you've also built it from scratch because I know the true story. I was the president in 2010 when you were a halftime coach, and uh, you've done an amazing job. Talk about really your secret, how, how you've done it, what – the dedication, the time that you've put to it. Yeah, I mean, the year before we got here, we were six and eight, um, you know, and, and I had big plans. I know, you know, I had shared with you, and then eventually Jeremy when he got here as well. And, um, you know, I think it's just it's just hard work. I mean, it's a lot of great people that you work with, and whether it be administratively or, you know, your staff. And we've had people that have exceeded expectations, obviously, and, and hours that they've been asked to, to go out there and work. And I think for me, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I've always had a, a drive that I wanted to win a national championship here. And it's actually funny. We have a new woman, Robin, who just started in our department, and they were cleaning out her office. And it used to be the athletic director's office. There was a ton of files and stuff. And uh, one of the administrators brought in, it must have been my, like, program review, and it was from, I think, 2011. And, uh, yeah, I guess I was pretty ambitious because it said, you know, short and long-term goals, and it said win a national championship within the next, I think it said, three or four years. You know that would have put us two years short of when we wanted, or you know we took two years longer. But uh, but yeah, I mean it was. I think we just knew that this institution was something special. We had great academics. You know the facilities were, were on the you know increase, obviously in terms of uh, what we had when I first got here. But um, this is just not a secret. I mean you just gotta you, gotta, you know you gotta work, you gotta grind. I think you watched last year's team. It was kind of a microcosm of I think my career here is. You know it's not always gonna be easy. It's gonna be bumps and and, and injuries and complacency and I think you know the, the more you keep working you trust each other you're mentally physically tough and you have good people you now in your infrastructure surrounding you you kind of can do you know amazing things now the story is amazing now you've gone through kind of the ups and downs of a national championship so going back three years you in the final game and you lost the limestone explain that experience and then what you went through to kind of build now a championship team it was surreal I remember I watched the post-game interview for the first time about a year ago and uh, I've never seen more devastation on the faces of myself and the, and the three captains who were in there. And I think it was it was probably a strange time because it went from complete devastation because you worked so hard to get there and you were so close to win it. And it was at Gillette the first year there. And, and you know, you get so close and a couple injuries, a couple face-offs, and, and the other team plays well. And, you know, you just you come up short. And it was just so strange how it transitioned almost immediately into 
you know, wow, look what we've done and look where we are. And then it quickly transitioned into we're never letting this happen again. You know, and that team came back with that mentality of, you know, they bottled it up and remembered how hard they worked and how they were let down by going there. But they gave their all. I mean, you know, our coaching staff and our guys, I mean, we, we didn't leave anything unturned. And it just wasn't our day. And I think, you know, you come back and you realize how resilient our team was and their leadership from the day we got back until we actually got back there again the yeah. second time. Now, uh, the 2018 championship, right, um, was was quite the—well, actually, the 19 championship was, was the repeat— Tell us a little bit about what it was like to repeat and how that team was different than the team before. Uh, everything you've heard in sports your whole life about repeating is absolutely true. There's no question about it. And, we, and I knew that. And I, and I spoke to uh, Coach Daly, who's actually uh, the head coach at Brown now. He was at Tufts. And I saw him at one of the camps that summer. And I, and I knew what we were up for coming back. We had a, you know, a, a youngish team coming back, but a ton of talent, a ton of experience. And they just won a national championship. And I asked him, I said, you know, what advice would you give me other than the obvious? And he said, you know, one of the quotes that stuck with him when, when they went and repeated at Tufts, he said, it was a Mike Krzyzewski quote, and it said, building a championship can do one of two things. It can extinguish a flame or build an inferno. So we actually hung that quote, you know, in our locker room as like a reminder, you know, it's very easy that, you know, that was extinguish the flame, we're celebrating, we've won one, this is great. Or it builds that, that you know, that taste that you just need to get again, you know, and go back. So we had a rough go. Um, we started off with, a little bit of complacency, and I think the guys really believed they were working as hard as they could, but I think they kind of forgot there was another level you needed to find. And we did as a staff. We kept pushing and pushing, and then we hit our stride in the fall late, and then we got a ton of injuries when we got back, and then it was like, God, you know, we can't get that traction. And the guys kept pushing, and we kept staying on them, and I think that's the biggest part is you have to be resilient in your approach. And if you pull back for a second, you know, they lose that – that drive that that you have to get back to win one, certainly to get back and win a second. I think once we found that, which is crazy that it was middle of April when we actually found it, you saw that team was, you know, almost like the year before. It was just, I think they were somewhat unbeatable at that time. Yeah, it was a great team to watch, and the championship game down at, uh, in Philadelphia was amazing, and you guys played great. So so you've actually, you ended your Division two career as a national championship two years in a row, and... Uh, Quite an accomplishment, but suddenly uh, the world's changing for you. We're going Division One in a whole new ball game, but something you've wanted, uh, we've been pushing for years, and lacrosse is going to be a, a kind of a premier sport for us uh, in Division One. Talk a little bit about the transition for you as a coach, what it means for your players that are coming back, and just how it's changing your entire program. Yeah, it's you know you take all those Division Two achievements and, and and accolades and awards and articles, and you, you know you put them in a in a journal somewhere and you kind of just move on mentally. And I think that's the one thing is when you go to division one, um, you know, we said it the other day, there was, you know, four or five games on each schedule that you circled that as a coach mentally, you knew were going to be really tough and you knew there were other games that if you showed up and played well, you should win, you know, and now you look and, you know, you have say 14 games, there's, you know, one, you're a heavy, heavy underdog two, you're a fa- heavy favorite. And then basically there's 11 games in the middle that you could win or lose. So that, that, that changes a little bit, you know, for us, I think, we're super confident in we bring back a team that only lost one senior last year. You know, so I think this team has a ton of experience. Um, I think the guys are understanding it's not going to be easy. You know, these teams are, you know, as good, better. Uh, some I think we're a little better than, but, you know, it's such a, a close margin that I think it, it changes things. But I also know that our guys are one of their things in their DNA is they're, I think, just uber competitive. So I think knowing that, you know, they're going to get a good challenge every single week, I think will elevate our play instead of kind of having the, the ebbs and flows of, you know, ranked teams, less ranked teams. So I think for us it's 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 a challenge that 
you know, we've known for a while. I mean, we've had our conversations as well as myself and Jeremy. And it's like, you know, we, we kind of knew it was coming eventually. Um, but the good thing is we haven't had to change much. You know, we've recruited Division One players. We have a Division One model. I think we carry ourselves as a Division One type school in terms of, you know, you saw with, with hockey already, we had that model in place. So I think, you know, you, you look at the staffing and, and, and different things that, that Jeremy and, and, and yourself have done for us. I think that certainly puts us in the best position to succeed. And now it's just the guys, you know, finding that competitive edge again. And, you know, you just you look at the schedule now and, you know, it used to be Assumption and St. A's and Lemoyne, and now it's Yale and Michigan and Fairfield, you know, so it's, it's certainly exciting. Yeah, the kids must be excited about the travel and the, the big teams. Uh, to talk a little bit about how you're going to prepare the, the team for those kind of big games, especially Michigan. You're going out to Michigan and sure. the cold weather, it's going to be really unique. Yeah, the good thing for us is, uh, you know, we've, we've gotten used to playing in it here. I know it's a little, a little colder there, but Michigan is a place where I've been to Ann Arbor a few times and gone to have gone to two football games there, and it's a really it's a special place. I think that's it's one of the things I said in one of the first interviews I did when we went with Division One is uh, people ask like, "What are you excited about?" and and playing in these venues is something that I think is is probably the most special thing about it. You know, you're going to play down at Yale, or we've been in talks with Notre Dame and, and Harvard as well, and we're we're looking at maybe next year or the year after. Uh, but for us, I think it's it's there's no you know you said it before there's no real recipe. I think for us, it's just be prepared, you know, focus on today, focus on this drill, you know, and Michigan will be down the road and, you know, we're, you know, we're obviously more focused on Holy Cross now, which will be our opener home, you know, the season. So for us, what made a successful in division two, I think will make a successful in division one is, is really just, you know, handling what's in front of us, handling what, you know, we can handle and, and let all the outside forces of people telling you we're going to win, you know, 11 games and people say we're going to win two games, you know? So, I mean, none of those things matter to the guys in that locker room. And that's what has made us successful. I think we kind of rely on each other and, listen to the message, follow our coaching, and just, you know, work each day. So, Mike, you shared a great story with me a while back about, you know, you're talking about preparedness and focus and motivation for the team, but tell us a story about uh, when your team was first ranked number one in the country and how you talked to the guys in the locker room about what that means. Yeah, that's, uh, I've told this story a few times. So, uh, you know, you, you, you have achievements, obviously, throughout, you know, the team at the time of the program and, and your career and, and you know in at the time they're they're a big achievement you know but then in the in the, re, in the grand scheme of things they're really you know they're not you know so um we were ranked number one i think it was three years ago uh when we beat limestone in the regular season before we had lost them in the championship game and uh i remember you know there was the, the rankings came out we were number one in the country for the first time ever and you know it was something that you know you take pride in sure you know and then i could see our team you know, was really excited about it, which is also fine. But you also don't want that to creep into, you know, well, you haven't really accomplished anything. Yet. You know, we're just number one now. It's, it's, it's you know, beginning of April. Um, so we went in the locker room. We were like, you know, we should address this in some capacity. So I walked in, and guys were all sitting down. It was before practice. I said, hey, listen, guys, you know, we're number one in the country for the first time. I think it's great, you know, and, you know, something to be proud of. No team here has ever done that. And I said, you know, and if uh, you look in your lockers, you know, the NCA sent over, you know, the stuff for being number one in the country. And, uh, about a third of the team, you know, knows me well enough and just kept staring at me. And a third of the team, like, kind of looked. And then a third of the naive guys turned around to look in their locker for their NCA gifts for being number one in April. And they turned around. I was like, yeah, you get nothing because nothing matters in April. <laughs> so they kind of got a laugh out of it. And I think it was good because we wanted to address it. Um, but also, I think, just make a little bit of a joke out of it. Like, yeah, you don't get an NCA prize, you know, April 4th for being number one in the country. <laughs> so I think that reset their mind of, that is an accomplishment, but then you move on. That's great. That's terrific. Mike, talk a little bit about the, the new facilities and how that feels make a, made a difference to recruiting and the program and just the experience for lacrosse. Yeah, I mean, even in Division Two, I think one of the things that, you know, we went from playing on Marto Mahile, um, you know, before it was re-turfed, and obviously the, the capacity down there, you know, it, it, was, it was great because it was that, you know, 
really tight knit, intimate type feel. But uh, you never had um, that huge crowd and that community coming in. I think the stadium has changed that. I mean, other than obviously the you know how nice the facility is and and how the guys love playing on that turf and you know having the big stands and everything and, and the beer and wine patio and whatnot. But I think what it's really done for us, it's changed. You know, we've always had a great crowd coming from you know the student base, the alumni base, you know, the parents, the friends. Uh, I think where we were, you know, coming short was in the community. You know, the community, you know, you weren't going to bring your little kids to a game where you potentially didn't have, you know, the, the big stands or the concessions or, um, you know, the nice bathrooms there. So I think what we've seen last year is, you know, our, our attendance has increased because of the fact that, you know, people look at it as a venue now, you know, and they want to come watch. So, I mean, I'm excited because, you know, if we can draw 1,500 for a LeMoyne game, you know, you look and go, what are we going to draw when Yale comes here next year? You know, and I think that's the big thing when you look in our area, um, you know, you got to go pretty far to find a, a Division One program who I think is going to be competing at the level we are, you know, just in this region. So I think for us, we're going to continue to draw kids from the community. And, you know, for our guys, I mean, you know, we've, we're undefeated on that field still. So it's been two years. So I know they love it. That's good. A little bit about the NEC, you know. It's a whole new conference, new rivals, new way of thinking. Tell our listening, you know, our, our, our listeners about that, what you expect, the experience, Yes, you know the teams a little bit, but it is a different conference. It's a different level of play, different level of coaches. What's that experience been like for you? Sure. I mean, you hit on it. I think we're a little familiar. Uh, we used to scrimmage Sacred Heart. Uh, you know, obviously I went there as well. And then, you know, Bryant used to be in our conference, you know, so I know Coach Pressler and their style pretty well. Uh, the other teams, you know, obviously LIU Post we played last year, and, you know, they've been in Division Two, So there's a familiarity, you know, for sure. But then also there's a lot of teams you're you're not – uh, you know, too sure about it. You haven't watched too much film on them. We've started already to, to kind of get familiar with them. But, you know, the whole parts of the world and, you know, Mount St. Mary's and some of those, you know, we're not super familiar with. But you, you hit on it. There's They're great coaches. You know, you got great players. Uh, I think with us, I think, you know, we come in with, um, you know, that mentally and physically tough type mentality. You know, we're an athletic team. You know, we also play, you know, a really strong style of, you know, between speed and, and, and you know, I guess more attitude, I guess you'd say. So for us, I think our guys look at it as, you know, a great fit regionally. You know, I think the level is, is a great fit as well. And I expect us to be competitive. I mean, we've never shied away from high expectations for this team. And I think they, you know, they would only want that. You know, I think when uh, it kind of almost goes back to last year, you know, when, when we got the six seed going into the tournament, you know, they just – you know, really had something to prove. So I think that is tenfold now because, you know, there's always been that age-old argument of, you know, let's take the top Division two or three team and put them in Division one and see how good they are. And it's just never been easy. You can't do it, obviously. And now you take, you know, I think a team that would have been very strong coming back in Division two this year and probably the favorite to win it again, and you're putting them right in Division one, and then, you know, how good are they? So our guys understand, and, and there's one thing they love. They love the pressure, you know, and they love the expectations that are in our locker room. They don't really care about what's outside the locker room. So, you know, for us, we know it's going to be a challenge. These teams are good, but also I think so are we. Yeah, great. Talk a little bit about recruiting. I mean, Division One is a big change in recruiting. You've had now a, really a whole year to do that. We announced last fall we're going Division One. What's that been like? What kind of athletes are coming forward? What, what's the experience? How is it different from Division Two? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll just start with, I mean, the 2019s who are our current freshmen. You know, we had only had one out of 14 drop off of that class after we announced it. So I think, you know, they knew two things. They knew, you know, one, that – we were a good program that was going to do great in Division One. I. I think, two, they looked at it as like, well, I'm a Division One type player anyway. That's why Merrimack was recruiting me. So that didn't really change their class. It was good to see. And then you looked at our current roster, and, you know, you look at guys like Charlie Bertrand, and, you know, Charlie could play anywhere in the country. You know, and Charlie, in some people's, not my opinion, um, will be the best player in the NEC next year. You know, and that's one of those things where, you know, he could have looked at other options like Yale because he's an outstanding student, an outstanding player. You know, he came back, and he's going to be a captain for us this year. And then you look and – you go, all right, well, the rest of those classes behind now, the ones that we were actively recruiting, you know, we 
have a great 20 class right now and we're on to our 21. So I think that the common thing we've seen is, is that the guys understand that, you know, the past success, I think, you know, can certainly roll into the future division one, but I think more so it's just, they've found the right fit, you know, and I think that's one thing is recruiting. It's a lot of division one schools with decommitting being such a big thing. Now we've only had two guys or three guys decommit in the last five years. So like we're recruiting very high level players that are certainly division one players. And then throughout the process, they're staying loyal to Merrimack College. And I think it's it's big in terms of they found the right fit. They love the school. They walk around. They love the facilities, the energy. You know, they, they meet the staff. They meet the players. They they meet the students. It's just a great environment. You know, then they look at the academics, and they're like, wow, you know, look at all these different options to have, high level. And they look at the facilities. I mean, it's just, it, it's such a, I think it's a, it's a great product where when these guys find their fit, it really doesn't matter what other schools are looking at them, you know, and what other schools will throw maybe more money at them, whatever it is. But for us, I think it's just we recruit the guys who fit Merrimack College, you know, good kids, you know, good academically, good lacrosse-wise. And our goals are, you know, to obviously win a national championship changes, you know, certainly announced to win the regular season NEC, you know, to have a 3.0 or higher in the classroom, which we've done for our last five years, you know, and act the right way off the field and, you know, be, you know, good people in the community here. Yeah, it's exciting. Jeremy, talk a little bit about um, what lacrosse means to the colleges from an athletic standpoint. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I think it, it raises the bar and it raises the, raises the tide at the same time. So, you know, I was with you the first uh, championship game down at Gillette Stadium. Um, and I remember I, I met you over in the parking lot and we were going over to see the, the tailgate. And, uh, you know, the, as we're walking over towards the area that we had designated over in the Gillette Stadium parking lot, you asked the question of, well, where's the tailgate? And I just kind of put my arms out and I uh, pointed to about 5,000 people that were, were flooding the parking lot and said, this is it. This is all Merrimack. And the bus was there and it was branded. And, you know, it, it was really a celebration, not just of the lacrosse program, not just the athletic program, but of the entire college community. And that, to me, is, is what lacrosse has really been. It's, it's this level of pride that it's instilled in the institution. And to have, you know, whether it's the, the largest crowd ever for a Division II national championship down at Gillette Stadium or, you know, going down to Philadelphia last year and seeing us, you know, blow it out of the water again in terms of the fans that come out to sport. And it's not just lacrosse alumni, but I think after the game down in Philadelphia, President Hopi, you and I walked up into the stands a little bit and talked to some of the alumni and there was a former player standing there crying. You know, he was up there, he had tears in his eyes, and he had graduated before the first national championship, and he was just so excited to, to be there, to be a part of it and experience it. And we saw that in so many people. Um, and we continue to see it today. You know, the fact that, that this weekend we're going to be able to go out there, and, and although Mike doesn't want to spend too much time celebrating and focusing on the past because he's moved on, he's like Bill Belichick, he's moved on to, to D1 at this point. Um, but it, there's just an incredible amount of pride that's come from the lacrosse program. And we talked earlier about the success of the other programs as well. And, and in a lot of ways, that's what an athletic program on a college campus is all about. It's about helping to, to enhance the identity of the school. Um, but, but it really comes down to that pride, both from a, a recruiting of, of students to the campus, not just student athletes, but making this the type of place that, that, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids coming out of high school, they want to be a part of it, whether they're a participant or they're a spectator. Um, and I think we've created that environment on this campus. We saw it through lacrosse, whether it's a championship game or a regular season game, there's a ton of support for it, um, both from our, our local campus community, but the surrounding area as well. Um, and I think overall, we're, we're we're proud of what we've been able to establish, but also recognize that um, there's another layer that we can add on and, and we want to bring it to another level. And 
um, you know, you talk about the the Sacred Hearts and the other schools in the in the conference, and it's it's not just about being Division One and making the transition to Division One. Being competitive matters too, and we want to do it in a in a way that continues to make the the entire Merrimack community proud of of what we're doing. Great. Mike, talk a little bit about your evolution as a coach. I mean, I've known you for a while now. Uh, you were, I'm quite frank, a young kid when I first met you a decade ago. Um, I think you were even the halftime coach at the time. Um, you've evolved a lot into really from a, a young guy who was had a lot of energy to a national champion to now a Division One coach. And a program many people people will think, you know, is probably in the upper half already of Division One with lacrosse. Talk a little bit about your evolution as a, a leader, as a coach, um, and what, what that's been like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, it, you know, it, it changes so much over time. I think some is just with age naturally, you know, and I think some is with, you know, your experiences. And uh, some qualities have not changed. And, you know, you talked to guys on earlier teams or our current team, and I'm still fiery, but also, you know, when I leave the field, I'm a very laid-back person who's just very focused on what I'm doing. And um, I think the biggest things you learn is that, you know, you have to trust your players, you have to trust your coaches, you know, and I think when you first get here and, you know, maybe you don't have the staff that you have now, certainly, or the players. You know, you want to micromanage everything. You know, you want to try to, like, put in specific stuff that uh, they can't mess this up. And then you move, and then you start to trust your guys a little more. You bring in staff that you think you trust even more so than, than in the past. And then all of a sudden you start to give these guys responsibility. It's like both your, your current jobs. You know, and then you empower people, and then you kind of just coach them along the way. And then you look up, and, you know, you have great assistants, and you have players who you can kind of just manage now. And I think for me – it's learning that, uh, you know, I've seen in the last couple of years, I think maybe with the age gap growing as well with me and these guys, is that there's that kind of respect when they leave of, you know, I've had guys say before, you know, you know, thank you so much. Like, you know, it's just, I couldn't imagine where I'd be if I didn't have, you know, Merrimack and you as my coach. And, uh, you know, as a young guy, it was more so about wins. I mean, it still is certainly, you know, but I think you start to realize like, okay, you know what, this is something that is really special that we had an effect on this guy's life. Or, you know, he came in here as a freshman who couldn't figure it out and he's leaving here successful, ready to, you know, take on the real world. And, you know, we joke all the time when, you know, have, um, you know, different companies call that are looking for a reference on a guy and, you know, I'll just list kind of what we do here. And I'm basically like, listen, you know, if, if he can be successful here, he can certainly be successful there. You know, time, you know, obviously attention to detail, you know, basically timeliness, you know, hard work, teamwork, everything that comes with it. So uh, for me, it's, it's, it's been able to grow, you know, not only as a professional, but also with, you know, with the help of, you know, yourself and Jeremy and, and, and Dean and some of the, you know, people before him where, you know, elevated me to, a, to an area where, you know, we had the resources to be successful. And that kind of turned the corner, as you saw in the last probably five years. You know, we went from a team that was excited to be maybe – you know, number one in the country in April to a team that's competing for national championships. But it's it's good. I mean, you know, even now, I mean, you know, being 41, it's still, you know, I guess on the, on the middle to younger half of Division One head coaches. But, you know, we got a long, long way to go. But it's been good. It's been a good career. I try not, like I said, not to look back too much. But like you said, I mean, meeting, you know, meeting you almost a decade ago was certainly, certainly different, but very much the same. That's great. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, the transition to Division One, but more than that, the, the next four years, which, you know, we're not allowed to compete for the next four years for a national championship. It's called a Division One transition. Sure. Um, and then what do you hope to see in year five and six or beyond? What what, what are your ultimate goals for the program? Other uh, than winning a national championship. Uh, yeah, I, that, I, mean, I know that answer already. Yeah, I mean, that's a long-term goal, sure, you know, I think. But, uh, you know, for us, looking at the next four, I guess that first part of the question first is, you know, other coaches we have, we've kind of um, – 
you know, come to the realization that they're really pushing that hard or when they're recruiting against us that, you know, we're ineligible for the tournament. And that's fine. I think one way we've combated that was our product here, like we talked about. I mean, we're, you know, great academic institution, you know, great campus, nice facilities. You know, you talk about the academics, the campus, and lacrosse. Those are the big three we always talk about. And if a kid finds the right fit here and he loves that, it doesn't matter if we're eligible or not. And then the second part of it is, We've basically said, you know, listen, there's about 10 teams that have a chance to win a national championship at this stage in Division One. You know, it's Duke, Virginia, Maryland. You can go down the list. You know, for us, you know, as much as the NEC is a great fit, we're also a very big picture. And we've told guys coming in, you know, we're certainly eligible, you know, to be in the top 25 in the country. You know, we're eligible for all Americans. We're eligible to win the NEC regular season. So we've told, you know, these, these potential student-athletes, if your goal is to win, you know, the NEC or any other conference one time to make the tournament and then get beat by Maryland by 15 in the first round, then Merrimack is not the place for you. If you want to compete against Yale, potentially play on Nesson, you want to be a team that's in top 25, you want to win, this is the place for you. So I think, you know, we, we, we believed it in our own minds, you know, and then we started talking to student athletes and these recruits and um, it's very much worked is, and that's what they want. They want to win. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, winning really cures everything else. And I think if you have a great campus, you know, in a great environment and you're going to win games and we have a history of doing it too, which helps because I think one of the things when you go to Division One, um, you know, if you haven't had a ton of success, you know, detractors are going to come back and say, well, they're not going to be good in Division One. So for us, I think it's been interesting because I think you've had a lot of people that have seen our success and they've seen our success not only at the Division Two level, but scrimmaging these Division Ones like Yale and BU and go down the list, you know, and had success in those. So I think, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting uh you know litmus test i guess in you know the next couple of months of where of where we are and where division two is you know in terms of lacrosse but uh but yeah i think recruiting wise it hasn't really changed too much you know in terms of the the, the type of player uh level has gone up certainly in terms of uh, the ability and then after that i think you know our goal in, in year five is to win the nec and go to the tournament i mean i don't think there's any hiding from that i mean we've been very open with that but um that's as a staff you know as maybe as administratively with with jeremy behind the scenes but our players are very much focused on tomorrow, 6 a.m., and that's pretty much it. That's great. Now, lacrosse is one of those sports that's had a great growth in the country. It was 25 years ago when I was a kid, not really known, but now it rivals uh, football and youth sports. Um, it's, it's, it's really the fastest-growing team sport in the country, and it's a whole community around it that's growing. And, Mike, you've been in that community for most of your adult life, and you're a leader of that in many ways. Talk about that community. Talk about Merrimack's reputation within that community and what that's been like. I know a little bit about that world, but, sure. but talk about that. Sure. I growing up on Long Island, um, you know, it's like youth hockey up here. You know, lacrosse was enormous, you know, and just everybody played it. My town, ironically, uh, didn't have a high school program at Oyster Bay, so that's why I went to St. Dominic's. Part of the reason uh, basketball was a big sport of mine growing up as well, and I went there to play basketball, and obviously lacrosse was offered there, so it just made sense. Um, you know, then you move up to Massachusetts, and around the time that I got here as a player and a student, uh, I think it was just starting up in Andover, North Andover. So it was, it was very new, and, and it was one of those things where you kind of were used to seeing it growing up, and then you come up to Massachusetts, New England, and it's, it's kind of new and, and building. Um, and I've done a little, lot of work with the club programs and whatnot in the area. So it's great. I mean, you look at these little kids that are, you know, I look at when I started playing when I was in eighth grade, like I said, you know, I really look back and wish, oh, what if, you know, what if I started playing when I was seven? You know, like these kids, I mean, my daughter already has a stick, and she's, she's playing this year. So it's one of those things where, you know, you look at, and it's just really cool to see these young kids and, and give back. And, you know, we do these great youth days at our, at our games, too. And then, like I said before, you're seeing the community of these, these, these kids come with their parents to our games and the stadium. So it's a different environment, but I think uh, the growth is great. I mean, you see it not only in New England and some of the, I wouldn't say they're traditional areas, but they're on, on the grow. But, I mean, if you look at our program as a whole, I mean, you're looking at California, Florida, Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, Virginia, 
Uh, I mean, you can name, you know, Texas. I mean, you can name all these states where these are growing, you know, areas as well. So it's been good for us because I think, you know, we, we do well regionally and we pull from New England because of the area, because the location, certainly. But then you look at these other areas and these, these kids are very excited about Merrimack College. And, and as Jeremy said before, it's not just, you know, student athletes. Like I know people have come here that, you know, knew someone who played here and they don't play a sport and they just heard it's a great place and maybe they looked at it. And that's one thing I take pride in is, is you know, uh, as, an, as someone who was alumni of this place is that, you know what, at the end of the day, you know, I'm bringing in people from other areas of the country because of the success of our program, not only lacrosse players, but people who know Merrimack College because of their lacrosse then start researching and say, oh, wow, this is a great academic institution. Wow, it's a really pretty campus right near Boston, you know, and then all of a sudden you start. And I think you've seen that in our regional shift of, you know, when I first got here, and it was certainly a lot of New England, a lot of New Hampshire, and, uh, you know, obviously Massachusetts area, a little bit of Connecticut, and then a little bit of Long Island. And now it's from coast to coast, you know. So it's been exciting, I think, and that all starts with the youth. And I think, you know, you're getting more of these college guys that are going back and coaching these young kids now, so they're learning the right way. And that's why the sport's growing. Yeah, it's a great sport to watch. I know a lot of kids play it. You know, down by near my house in National New Hampshire, you can see every Saturday morning. You know, it used to be uh, uh, Pee Wee football. Now it's uh, what do they call it? Pee Wee lacrosse. Now it's pretty something. much yeah. yeah. So it's a big sport. Um, you know, we're gonna wrap up in a second, but I do have a question for you about um, about students, and in particular, what you look for in a student athlete and a warrior, and and who you're recruiting. And, you know, we know a lot about the athletic ability, but talk about the type of student you're bringing here and how that fits with the overall Merrimack student body. Sure. I think for us, you know, we'll be at these showcases, and certainly the first thing we're looking at is ability, and then we have that list. Um, you know, then we start doing our due diligence. You know, we look at their GPA, and that's certainly, you know, you know part two of, you know, after ability, they got to be able to come here and uh, obviously get in and be a student who's going to be successful here. You know, so once we kind of shorten that list a little bit, that's when we really start doing what I think separates Merrimack from other programs. You know, I think, you know, I, I talk to other coaches at other schools where they'll have a potential student athlete up, They'll do a tour with admissions. They might come meet the coach for 10 minutes, and they're on their way. And I think that's it's a very, uh, you know, I guess casting a wide net way of recruiting, which I guess works for some. We don't believe in it. We believe in, you know, the quantity of, you know, I probably give 95% of the tours personally, you know, myself, or at least Kyle Smith, who's our head assistant, will do it. So we put that time and effort into really getting to know, you know, the student athlete, the family, and them getting to know us, you know. And we always tell them, hey, listen, you know, you've traveled four hours up to your – you know, to spend your time obviously investing in looking at Merrimack College. I'm certainly not going to pawn you off on admissions. I want to be able to walk you around and let you know. And, and and some you never hear from again because they go, you know, this is too serious. They're very structured, you know, and that's fine. You know, we'd rather have them on the front end. But the vast majority end up falling in love with the place. Like we said, with guys committing and not decommitting here, they really love it. But, yeah, we, we look for guys that are, you know, obviously good students, good people. Um, they got to be mentally and physically tough. I'm not – you know, particularly easy coach to play for if, you know, you're not mentally dialed in and you're not willing to sacrifice and, and, and work for your teammates and listen, you know, and I think we, in, in our approach, I think just it just organically comes out when guys come up here that they find out if they like this place right away or if it's not for them. But, you know, our, our we hit on before our, you know, our goal is to have, you know, a high-level lacrosse player who's very good in the classroom, who's great in the community, and people like being around. I mean, I love being around our guys. I mean, I may, you know, yell at them for 10 straight minutes, and then when we leave practice, you know, we're walking up the path and we're talking about, you know, their family or how's this going or, you know, did you watch that, you know, game last night? You know, so they've figured out how to kind of play under our staff. Is We're between those lines. We're tough, but, you know, we also really care about how you're doing, your family, your academics and stuff. But, you know, I think what what our recipe was in Division Two will carry us in Division One. Nothing changes about the type of player we're recruiting at all. Maybe the level goes up a little bit, but overall we're not going to – we haven't sacrificed early on for – 
lesser student, the problem off the field just because they're a great lacrosse player. And I'm proud of that because that's, that's I think, why we are where we are and why we've had the sustained success we've had is when you don't sacrifice that on the, on the front end, you build that foundation. I think that's certainly not going to change now. Yeah, I think you've done a great job. I mean, they're great kids, they're great athletes, but they're also great students and great human beings. And we said across the campus and involvement in activities, and that's true for all of our athletes, all of our programs. I mean, I think as a president, probably my most prideful thing um, is our students and how good they are, and the athletes really are right there with them and doing the right thing. And uh, that's what makes Merrimack a great institution is our faculty, our students, our student athletes, and the different roles they play. It's a special place and a special community. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the day. Uh, Mike, I want to thank you for being here. Jeremy, it's been great to have you here. Um, your first game is against Holy Cross. What's that date? February 1st. Here on campus? Here on campus. That's going to be fun. A little cold, but a lot of fun. We'll <laughs> have the heaters out, I promise you. And, it will uh, be. We're going to have a big crowd. That's going to be a fun game. So, Mike, congratulations on your national championships. We're looking forward to the ring ceremony and, uh, and great job over the last decade. We're looking forward to the next decade. I appreciate everything from you guys, and obviously thank you for having me on as well. And I want to thank everybody, all of our listeners today, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks a lot, folks. Take it easy. Thank you.